Hey friends, I'm Adrian File. And I'm John File. And welcome to the Love the Process Podcast. We've married 15 years, 14 good ones, and we have four awesome kids. My career has centered around process improvement and leadership development. And I've been an entrepreneur since I was four and currently an owner and CEO of an insurance company and corporate training team. We are working to become better versions of ourselves every day, and we invite you to join us as we share our journey and the lessons we have learned in life, business, and figuring out how to love the process to becoming great. Let's go. Hi, friends. We still have not memorized our intro. Sorry, True. Kai. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Um, all right, we are heading towards December right now, which means pretty soon right around the corner is going to be the new year. If you have an organization or a team that you think would benefit from a one mission mindset group, we our groups for starting in January are filling up quick. So reach out to John File if you have any questions. 206-850-7592. There you go. Give him a call. Call me about anything. <laughs> Just go, go right ahead. Let me tell you. You can go to our website too. Lovetheprocess.com backslash 1MM. Lots of information around One Mission Mindset. Right now I'm in pretty good shape. I get 11 missed texts and 9 voicemails. But I promise you, I will get back to you. No matter how old or young you are, we're excited to, to help you in any way we can. Not just 1MM groups, but anybody who uh, needs some encouragement or wants any clarification about anything we do on here. And if you want someone to call you back sooner than four missed calls and nine missed text messages, you can call Jeff Morse at 425-223-6451. There you go, Jeff. You got a little shout out. And <laughs> if you want to be guaranteed, now I'm not going to give you Brooklyn's number. <laughs> if you, but if you want to be guaranteed, speed, Brooklyn, Montana. <laughs> All right, friends, we have some guests with us today. We're so excited about it. We've got Chris and Camille Patterson. If you're on watching on YouTube, you can see these lovely faces right next to us. What I love so much about doing couples on the podcast is that I get to hear from ladies. We don't have ladies on the podcast as often, so I'm so excited to have Camille here. But also, this is my first time meeting her, so we're having coffee with you and with them for the first time. I love it. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Hey, if you guys could give a little intro about who you are and what you love. Awesome. You want me to start? No worries. Um, My name's Chris Patterson. I was born in Melbourne, Australia and grew up in a lot of different cities, mostly the Gold Coast, Australia. And I met Camille in 2012 um, at a conference called Increase with a guy named Bob Harrison at uh, Waikoloa Village on the big island. And without going into maybe the backstory, we can go into it if you'd like. But essentially, I was not looking for a wife at the time, um, for an entire year, in fact. Um, and I was about 10 weeks into that when I met Camille. Um, and Camille, I guess, had felt like God had been telling her, stop, your husband's not ready for, for a couple of years. And um, yeah, so a year later, long story short, we were married and I was living in America. So that's the... I, could, I guess I could tell more about who That's I am. Us, but what do you do? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I am a business consultant and executive coach, and I help uh, business owners and entrepreneurs and executives with clarity, strategy, and communication, among other things. Honey? Awesome. Hi, um, I'm Camille Patterson. It's so nice to be able to be here with all of you guys. Um, finally get to have coffee, especially on an afternoon when I normally have kids on. So yay for that. Nice. <laughs> and it's wet. And it's wet. It's a good it day for coffee. Perfect. So um, yeah, I uh, have a many titles. Uh, Mom is one of my favorites. Um, but I am also a uh, business and life coach. And I have um, currently work for a nonprofit called Providence Heights that's new and local in the area. And we're a residential transition um excuse me, we're a residential training center um, for leadership and entrepreneurs. So we help women in need um, get a fresh start. Really? Um, yeah. So that's what I've gotten to do for the last six months. Um, and I still have some clients. Um, I'm also in a master's program at Wheaton College. Um, and I'm helping Chris build his business. And I'm also getting to build three little people. We have three kids. They're Wonderful. almost five this week. Three and almost one. Wow, yeah. fun. Yeah. Busy household. Mm-hmm. Boys, Busy. girls, both. Two boys and a girl. 
so we love our kids. Um, it's a fun, it's probably one of the funnest ways to be creative, expend energy. Kids under six have unlimited energy and unlimited curiosity, <laughs> especially, especially ours. <laughs> and when you're raising leaders like mm-hmm. we are, um, that has a whole nother. Uh, lots of facets. A whole nother mm-hmm. set of nuance to it. Yeah, but we like what we love. We love Jesus first. We love each other. And um, what's funny about our story is actually when I met Chris in Hawaii, we like got to know each other quite quickly. And I don't know, I've been a coach for a long time into leadership. My degrees are in leadership and nonprofit management. And so... Um, I was like, oh, this is my mission statement for life. And it was the exact same word for word as Chris's. And I was like, this is not okay. I'm like, do not take my mission statement. This is mine. She I told me I stole very, it. I was very and I told upset. It to her first. I was very upset that he had stolen my mission statement. So I'd read a diary. You know. Long story short, we gotta do well, that together. Now. That's awesome. Well, okay, what is it? Now you have to share it. Yeah, totally. So um, our life mission is to empower each individual to be their God given greatness. Beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Mm. Okay, I want to hear more about the nonprofit you're working with. So, what yeah. does that look like? Yeah, so um, we just opened in Bellevue in March of this year, and um, our amazing founder, Christine Soul, um, had a vision three years ago um, to have this uh, place for women to come and get a fresh start. Her story is a really crazy, amazing God story, um, homeless three kids, 19, radically saved, and um, met Jesus, and he transformed her life. And so the our whole organization is about believing in each individual and their, I mean, in my words, their God-given greatness mm-hmm. to restore them and restore their vision and where they're going to go. So we have women from 18 to 65, and they live with us for a year. And they have two days of training, so they do, so I'm the executive coaching strategist, so I run all the coaching programs for these women. Um, So they do personal development, understanding their gifts, vision, um, life mission, and then the other side is called Providence Collective, and they actually get to uh, be in a business and start it, learn how to do that. So their end goal by 12 months is to be running their own business and then be able to support them and their kids. We have, we have single moms. We have all all stories and most life. So holy moly, yeah, it's a Ooh. fun fun adventure. Yeah, that's for sure. That's awesome. So and it's for anyone. It could be you could it could be a story like you're coming off the streets, but also like you just had a rough go in life and you need a place of fresh start. So hmm. yeah, wow, that's really cool. That's awesome. So how did you get into coaching and leadership? Where did you go to college? Where did See, I want to, Chris, there's going to be a ton, clarity, strategy, communication. I knew he and I are going to have plenty to talk about, but I'm fascinated. <laughs> That's good. Start with that. I'm fascinated uh, to just hear, you know, where'd you go to college? What'd yeah. you study? What did, what were your, kind of the things that sparked your interest in being in this in this, in this space, space yeah. the space that you guys are in as well. I know, it's always <laughs> yeah. a fun journey, right? Yeah. So um, my story starts really when I was little, and my dad's a, what we call a serial entrepreneur. So as a kid from age 8, 9, 10, I was in the next new business on the floor, scraping off tape, labeling stuff. Um, everyone in my family owns businesses. So was, How many people is that? So I have two older brothers and me. And my parents. So, so we, boy, boy, girl. Yep. Same Wait, as mine. Guys yeah. I know. It's such a gift. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's Are been, you done? I'm not sure. Yeah. We'll see. So this is been a, <laughs> it's been a super sweet gift, like really restorative mm. for us to get to have our own. But um, yeah. Yeah. So everyone in my family owns a business. We kind of grew up with that mindset and mentality. Um, I went to the University of San Diego. USD. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had a lot of fun. My older brother went there as well for football, and that's how I found out. And in high school, I used to go down, and who doesn't want to live at the beach mm-hmm. when you go to college? <laughs> and yep. he, 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 well, I grew he up did. on the beach. Yeah. I grew up on the Gold Coast, Australia. Yeah. It's like 20 white it's sand like beaches. beaches and it's not like going to the beach in California. I mean, Australia is set up where like everyone can pretty much ever get a get a parking spot. And, and at the and beach, it's beautiful. and at the beach, it's white sand beaches. None of this black sand or rocks or whatever. No houses I on mean, the beach, just like trees. It's gorgeous. Hawaii imports some of the sand for some of their beaches. <laughs> like, like, anyway, um, but you also have lots of space at the beach. 
So anyway, yeah. in college, um, I was super involved. I, I came to know Jesus when I was five years old. He just, like, I can remember the classroom I was in at Sunday school, and I was just one of those kids that, like, knew he was real. And so um, in college and high school, I loved ministry and was always leading stuff and that kind of stuff. And so I involved, got involved in University Christian Fellowship, which is, like, an on-campus ministry. Um, and they kind of helped direct some of where I wanted to go. Um, and then I was super passionate about nations. And so we've actually both been to 45 countries nice. over the period of our lifetime. Um, and so it's the competition. <laughs> I, no, I'm ahead. Because I, me it's and Jones went to Cuba and have not been there. So I'm 45 and he's 44. So. Um, when he was in your tummy? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. I'm like, I remember him going. <laughs> yeah, I was pregnant. Yeah, she is one ahead. It was awesome. yeah, that's true. Me and Jones went to Cuba. I tell him that. Yeah. He went there. Yeah. He also, his middle name is Benaya. He also is convinced that he killed a lion in a pit on a snowy day. He is. Because that's what Benaya and the Bible did. So, yeah. 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 There's a good book by Mike Batterson really Chasing the Lion. If your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. Mm. Um, anyway. Yeah. You so, read that, haven't you? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a good book. I obviously read it when I was pregnant, so I decided that. It was his name, middle name. It was a little too much for the first name for us. Um, yeah, so college. Our, our daughter's friend's name, Benaya. The yeah. first name? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I had a friend, and it was an awesome, beautiful name. Her name's Benaya. We love you. Our, we named our child that. Um, but I just couldn't imagine him in school and having to pronounce his name, because he can barely pronounce it now. <laughs> and no one can spell it. <laughs> it's America. You, know, you, need, yeah. you need to keep it simple. Uh, John. Yeah. Totally. John. Chris. Chris. Yeah. Don't ask him to spell file, but. Right, right, right. That's a German That's name. German. Like, there yeah. you go. Don't ask him to spell Patterson either here, because we don't spell it in American. Patterson with one T. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I, my degree is actually in communication and leadership there. Ooh. It was just uh, something that I was always passionate about. And then. Um, post-college, I actually felt uh, like the Lord called me back to Seattle. And so the uh, church that I was with at the time had just bought in a building at the University of Washington. And they asked me to come on staff and start mm. a whole bunch of different college ministries there. So um, I got the awesome opportunity to do that for like nine, ten years. Mm. Um, simultaneously, uh, I was also working with my brother in real estate. So um, I got my real estate license. I always have like a – you're probably like you guys. You always have like a – side something you're doing so <laughs> ministry doesn't really pay the bills always <laughs> um so yeah I did that for eight and nine years um it was awesome just saw some really beautiful crazy testimonies and visions come to pass and mm. and then when I was 25 actually at the conference that I met Chris at I was like 25 26 which is like and single which is old in the church if you're not in the church that is old for some reason to not be dating especially when you're on stage and stuff so and on stuff you're, you're at the age yeah. where like you know the pastor's gonna say yeah. something yeah <laughs> and at the time it was a very large community so I was like well known um and okay so how long ago was this that you guys met 2012. Mm-hmm. Okay. March 2012. Okay. Yeah. And so when I was at the conference that I met Chris at, um, the Lord actually gave me a vision. I was, I went there to go, God, like, what's next? Because I feel like I love what I'm doing and this is amazing and this isn't everything for my life. And so I had this vision of um, this international coaching company um, that impacted women and children um, in third world countries because that's where I've traveled and where I'm really passionate about. Um, and so long story short, that's kind of how the greatness project, um, that we both work on is now. Yeah. So third world countries, mm-hmm. you know, I was just in one. Mm-hmm. I've been there. That's yeah. where my heart is. Oh, when's yeah. the last time you were in Uganda? <laughs> oh man, the year your dad got married. Is it? Same year? Yeah. 2015. 2015. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. We missed his dad's wedding because I was in Uganda. So we sorry Scott. <laughs> well, to be fair, yeah, we we, we didn't went miss it. we went to they Australia when they had it scheduled for, and then they postponed it three months. My mum died in twenty thirteen, oh, okay. a month before we got married, and so my dad remarried um, a wonderful woman. Um, and anyway, we were, we were going to Australia at the same time their wedding was scheduled got postponed three months, and we we're like we, we can't <laughs> can't it's. A, can't go for two or three weeks that close. At the time, I couldn't. Yeah. Now I could probably figure it out. But. So now, and and maybe I'm sure in your work, you're familiar with this, because we went in 2008, 
and it was awesome. And two of the people we met with that I met, spent a bunch of time with, they started businesses. One went into motorcycle parts, the other one started a construction company. They've been very successful. 13 years later, I get to have lunch with them, hear their stories. It's phenomenal. 29 years old, was 16, went and got his degree in economics, Had just had lunch with him in Kampala three three weeks ago. Mm. So it's amazing when you plant the seed. I, mean, I was only with Vincent for like six days. Mm. And I can show you the two pictures mm-hmm. side by side, and it's just powerful. And he's got a car. He's got a place to stay. He's He's got multiple franchises, and he's helping... Mm. Back home in Raqqa, he's helping the, the orphanage, and they've got vehicles, and they've got more kids now that they're able to serve. Mm. But running we, water. Running water. You know, back then, they had no power. You couldn't even see your hand in front of your face. It was so dark at night. It was mm. crazy. Um, about four hours out of Kambal in this little village. But now, we went back 13 years later. I had that lunch, but we met a, and met a bunch of folks on the ground in central Uganda that are doing work with teenagers. There's more teenagers in Uganda as a percentage of population than any other country in the world, I was told. Mm-hmm. And But now you have uh, both WhatsApp and you have Zoom. Mm-hmm. And so real time, you can communicate. Mm-hmm. And so I started this thing. It's one week old. It'll be two weeks old on Wednesday night, Thursday morning in Uganda, called Visionaries. Cool. Called L- uh, LTP... Africa visionaries and so I'm thinking well I wonder how many people will show up you know for us it's 10 o'clock at night for them it's uh, 9 o'clock in the morning and about a dozen showed up very very intentively listening and taking notes Mm. and wanting to learn and grow and a couple of them were women and so I'm inviting you it'll be 10 o'clock at night on Wednesday night I'll get you that information uh, to, to come yeah. and see. Uh, one of the women has a uh, Bora Bora. She, she, she has two Bora Boras. Motorcycle. Uh, motorcycles, right? Taxi business, basically. And and she's talking about how to, to, to make money in that. There's multiple different businesses and people doing various things in their communities um, where they're trying... Just the simplicity of mindset. Like a hundred years ago, I think about it in the United States of America, maybe... I don't know how long it would have been exactly, but just this, this, there's no regulation. I mean, it's just what can you do to provide a service? Yeah, right? Brazil was like that. I felt like really, like, like it, it yeah. feels like. So in in places like in America and Australia, <clears throat> there's actually a lot of barriers to people starting things. Right. It's like it's a free society, but there's lots. All the people that are, um, maybe that have made it almost like lobby and put things in place so that other people can't come in, mm. you know, yeah. whether, whatever profession it's in, they don't want too many people in that profession. Otherwise supply and demand, yeah. you know, their, their hourly rate's going to go down. Right. Um, but in places like that, where it's, a, it feels almost like, almost like the wild west, like you can create anything's possible. Yeah. You just have to be clear and go do it. We um, built a dormitory. Jesse's here filming and she had this vision when we were there. It was called SWAT and it was this housing for young people. And they'd had a fire. And we're like, she's like, can, can we help them with that? And I'm like, yeah. They put a man on the moon, of course. <laughs> and so, so within, within one week, we had, uh, within two days, we had a list of materials that they needed. We had the um, ability for us to, to go to some folks and say, hey, we're going to build, it's going to house up to 50 teenagers. They're going to be able to separate boys and girls. They're kind of all sleeping on top of each other due to this fire. We saw it with our eyes and there's some really cool things happening there and their special wills and talents sounds for SWAT. And we even said when we were going there, we're going to bring an LTP SWAT. I said, we're going to bring a SWAT team. It's just a few of us. We're going to go in. We're going to find out, is this viable? Is there something for us to do here? And sure enough, we are going to go back in the spring. But it's amazing, Chris, to your point, within five days, they have completed construction. Five days. They built, renovated the roof, done all the work, and now these kids have a place to stay five days. If you're going to build a building here, tough to do in five days, an outbuilding. Permits. (laughs) You can't even, like, submit something in five days. Man, we subdivided a property and we're building a place in Kirkland, and yeah. Three years later. Permit process. Yeah, so, 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 and it, and it, it obviously justifies um, a position, you know, somebody's got to be the permit person, and somebody's got to be the... Overseer, there's some there's some pluses and minuses to it, but it's just amazing how um, hopeful I am 
for Uganda and all of Africa, for that matter. And one of the things, and I'd be curious to know, you're, with, with women specifically, um, if, there is a, if there's a difference in terms of thinking, but one of the things that I, I noticed across the board was mindset. Like just telling somebody they can do it and that you're responsible, like you can do it, mm-hmm. is empowering. Mm-hmm. Because everything is built to get them in some way, shape, or form to submit yeah. to the idea that they need somebody or something else right. to be okay. And mm-hmm. so even the leader of this leadership group, he said, John, what you said is so perfect. We often think we need resources from the West or you know, resources from Europe, resources from overseas. What we need is to fix our broken mindset. Mm-hmm. And it's been amazing how fast they take to the information. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, well, I see that um, where I'm working right now in Providence Heights because we've, um, we get to work with these amazing like gems for, of the king. And they come in broken just the same way and beat down. And, you know, it's like we have to do a class on how to get a business license because it takes forever. And it's, you're not really sure how to do it. Um, but just, I had a new group of women come in three months ago and literally in the first three months to see how they've transitioned and transformed just by being around a group of people that believe in them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think yes, in developing third world countries for sure, but for here too, you know, it's Mm. transformational just to have someone say, Hey, you can actually do what's in your heart, Mm -hmm. but they have to have something in their heart. Mm-hmm. And not everyone does. Mm. So it's like, how do you ignite that thing in their heart? Um, and I believe mm-hmm. that everyone actually does. Let me rephrase that. I believe actually everyone does have that, but sometimes it's so deep mm-hmm. within and covered from trauma and challenge and years of abuse or yeah. whatever. You know, we all have issues. We all have stuff that happens to us. Yeah. So, so a quote I've been reviving lately on the backside of, of this trip to Africa for sure. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, and actually probably one in the uh, election prior to the presidency uh, was JFK. He, he often, and, they, and women specifically, they did a lot of, I forget what they called them exactly, but they were TNs. And they had like 70,000 women to come in so that they could tell him their thoughts of, of what the senator could do to provide them with opportunity and empowerment. But he used to say, do not ask what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Mm-hmm. Do not ask what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And, and right now, He'd probably be a Republican, right? That would be a, a in some way, shape, or form, not to politicize this, because we, we never hardly at all talk politics on here, nor do we um, hold either political affiliation to be right or wrong. Um, and that's not the space we're in. But it, it's interesting um, how powerful that idea was then and, and how much resistance from, from big power structures he faced. Ronald Reagan subsequently was a personal responsibility guy and and the, the same type of resistance that he faced when mm-hmm. he when he when he when he just believed in what you're talking about that you have something innately in you mm-hmm. that you can do mm-hmm. go do it mm-hmm. so so what was your thoughts on JFK I mean in terms of that quote that's not what you you can do for your country but you're you, you know what I mean right you yeah know? I mean yeah yeah I mean that reminds me of this mo- okay so this morning you guys know Marco Polo, that app? Yeah. Where you like send I video do. messages or whatever? It's a mom app. My best Yeah. My best friend is a mom app. It's a mom app. All my like, awesome. teenage babysitters it's, are like, we don't use this. Yeah. And so, teachers. It's Snapchat. <laughs> Snapchat for middle aged yeah, exactly. School teacher. School teacher. My uh, best friend lives in Portugal, so we send each other yeah. Marco Polos. So I sent her Marco Polo, and I said, John and I got into it this weekend, and I'm getting defensive over some things that he says, and I don't know why. So I like explain the situation. I'm like, what am I missing? She comes back and she's like, "Do something nice. Start doing something nice for him. Mm-hmm. What is some? What's his cup that's, that's not being filled? Mm-hmm. Right? And it's that same idea that like, right. stop thinking about yourself, but like think about what can you be doing? What can you be doing for him? Mm-hmm. And um, and like sometimes you just need that out. You need that outside perspective of somebody to just say, "Hey, don't forget. This is what's important in your life. Like realign. This is who you are. This is what you love. Like do those things. Keep your eyes over here." And I think, that, but I think you need someone to remind you of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, this when you said that, this quote we met, um, we were at a conference two weeks ago, and one of the most actually, like, I think it's going to be foundational for both of us. Uh, we were talking 
with this couple that is quite successful and just about their marriage. He travels like 250 days a year, you know? So it's like, how do you keep a strong marriage? And she said, I learned a long time ago um, that I need to speak to the king in my husband because if I speak to the king in my husband, he will treat me like a queen. Mm -hmm. But if I speak to the fool in my husband, then I will be treated like a fool Mm -hmm. as well. And um, that stuck with me. And I think it's the same thing, whether it's marriage or a business or a vision that you have. It's like, what are you speaking into and what are you speaking life into? Um, And like one thing that I have uh, with my amazing women is that's what we do every week. Like, what are we speaking into? You know, like what language? And we do it with our kids. You know, it's like. You know, this afternoon, one of my three-year-olds was using a word we don't use in our house. It's like, just what? Why are we? Why are we even wanting to use this word? You mm-hmm. know, like, what's the heart behind it? And so, I think what you speak into is what grows. Mm-hmm. So, and what you focus on is where your vision goes. So, if you're speaking into or listening to all the news or all the headlines, like that's you're going to grow in fear and confusion. If you're looking at what's ahead in your vision, then that's what's going to start growing. And we are leaders, Pattersons are leaders who are generous and kind. That's our kids' life motto and mission statement, so they can remember that Mm -hmm. and use it a lot. (laughs) Because we all do things that are not... Say it again. Pattersons are leaders who are generous and kind. And we have have leaders in our home. Yeah. Um, They're often trying to lead us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And we get to work on being generous and kind. Yeah. yeah, which is helpful in the context of relating to people outside your family, but also when you've got like a three and a half and a five year old who have things that they both want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was laughing because this morning I was in prayer in my bed because I didn't sleep much. So my one year old is having teething or something. Um, it's been a week. Anyway, it's been yeah, a week. and we had a thing. You look great. Thanks. Considering <laughs> you do. It's like third coffee sure. today. Four a.m. wake up. <laughs> the context is. Our kids sleep great most of the time. 12 hours. And she's been waking up at 4 a.m. or 1 a.m. like every night for the past 7 to 10 days. Yeah. We've had sleepers too. Yeah. And it's weird. When they're not sleepers, you're like, what happened? (laughs) They're broke. Anyway, we had a relational relational thing last night and I woke up this morning and I was just like talking because I was still angry. They say don't go to bed angry, but like it just happens. Sometimes when you fall asleep with your kids, you know, yeah, it's yep, just, yep. Yep. I was tired. So, um, I was talking to the Lord about it and I felt like he was just like, just release it to me. You know, mm-hmm. it's not your thing to bear. And I often just think as to what you said, it's like, if you just focus on what mine, what is mine to bear mm-hmm. and what is mine to do, mm-hmm. then you don't look to the right or to the left, yeah. you know? And my frustration was based on comparing how we parent to someone else that I don't even want a parent like them, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I don't yeah. even want to be like them. I love them, but I know we're not supposed to be like them. But at the same time, I can, was comparing it, and I was mm-hmm. so angry. My, ang- my anger was focused at him. <laughs> and so I got to release that, and now I'm like, oh, I'm good, you know? And I like you again, so that was good. <laughs> I was lucky. T- to be fair, I'd made, yeah. some, I'd made some choices that had led to a less than desirable relational situation. Um, so that was very gracious. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I'm speaking to your king, babe. Thank you. I appreciate that. I want to be the queen. That's um, right. This house. Amen. I, I, have a, I have a couple of thoughts on, on some of the things that you were asking her about. Yeah, is, yeah, is yeah. Is it okay to jump into that? Yeah. Um, but if you have more questions for Camille, of course. Then, then get into it. But um, yeah. you were talking before about mindset. Yeah. Um, so in Australia, they have something called tall poppy syndrome. Have you heard of it? No. No. Um, so in Australia, they always talk about like, if you go to America... Um, like if you want to be, if you want to have a chill, relaxed lifestyle, show is a great place. If you want to be great so at something, great. go to America. Hmm. Cause like in America, you can get paid to be an athlete. Well, I mean, like I remember the best rugby player in Australia, like 10 years ago was making 300 grand a year. Hmm. Um, whereas here you make like, you know, you got to times that by like add several zeros. Right. Um, but the same goes for music, for business, for being an author, for being a movie star. If you want to be great, come to America. Um, in Australia, if you want to be relaxed and chill, like it's a pretty good spot for that. So tall poppy syndrome is this thing of like when people start to become too good, then people are like, who, who do they think they are? Or they've probably made their money doing drugs or whatever. Where does tall poppy syndrome come from? Well, when England 
uh, brought a lot of convicts out to Australia. Um, it's not the way my family came out, but um, but a lot of <laughs> sometimes maybe a lot of people did come out that way initially. They didn't have enough uh, soldiers compared to the number of people, so they had to get creative about what do we do to keep these people in check. So what they do, they put people into different gangs, and if people perform too highly or too low out of the middle, they punished everyone else in the group. Mm. And so everyone else quickly was like punishing the people that were performing too high or performing too low, um, mostly too high. And what happened? This got passed on from generation to generation to generation. And now people don't know why they think that way. It's like I used to work on cruise ships for a couple of years uh, back in 06 to 08. And, um, and I had some friends who were Croatian, Serbian, Bosnia, Herzegovinan. And they all told me about how there's like there were these wars and things. But most people don't know why they're fighting the war anymore. They're just fighting it because they are. And so you're talking about mindset. A lot of our mindsets, um, 50% of our mindsets get created by the time we're like four. And then the next 30% get created in the next four years by the time we're eight. And then the next 15% of our mindsets get created by the time we're 18. So like by the time you're 18, 95% of the way that we think, the lenses that we see the world through have been created. And then we relate to people from those lenses and we don't know why. And so often we're relating in our marriage situation, mm -hmm. things are triggering us or ticking us off, but really it's our four-year-old self or our eight-year-old self that's, that's maybe... Had some kind of trauma and you stayed there. Unresolved. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. And, and often it's, it's under a lot of stuff. Um, so it was interesting to notice that in Australia. My dad does business as missions in Papua New Guinea. Um, and, you know, there's been a lot of talk about race and different things. So my dad's a white guy in a completely black country, and he deals with racism all the time. But he's white, so like mm -hmm. it's it's maybe totally different context to what you'd see here. And um, similar to Uganda, though, or Uganda for the North Americans. Yeah, um, <laughs> well, we experienced it there too. Yeah, so people we got have... pulled over because Jesse was filming in the front seat, With blonde, the blonde hair. hair. I told, I said, 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 hey, that's that's you know here in America, you know a lot of people, comedians, etc., driving while black, right? I got pulled over for what? Driving while black. It's truly, it's a statistical reality that you're more likely to get pulled over. Now, there's, there's reasons and ideas and all kinds of things we don't need to go into, but the fact of the matter is you, you fit, sense and feel that, de that desperate treatment, the difference in treatment. You know? And then and I, my friend Kent Williams one time, he was riding, and they looked and they saw Kent was with him, and they're like, oh. You know? And then it was a shorter stop. So... Uh, this idea, this thinking, but my question is, well, it's interesting when you look at JFK, right? They shot him. They shot his brother, too. When you really understand the power of liberating the individual out of this structure that you're talking about that, that so many um, places start to create to keep people down uh, or from rising, it's very, very, uh, the amount of resistance you face is, is high. So when you, when, you know, even my friend, one of my friends in Africa, you know, they tried to poison him. He thinks very much. And they, one of the kids saved him and said, don't drink that. And he mm -hmm. said, okay. But the, the, the guy, uh, you know, in Africa, he described it like this. He said, versus America, he said, in Africa, if they say don't touch that, they just back away. It's like the elephant trainer syndrome, right? Have you ever heard of the elephant trainer idea where they train elephants with the little you know, a little rope and they grow up and they can use a string yeah. and move an elephant because they don't, their minds have developed to yeah. think that that thing will move them. Yeah. The flip side, he goes, now in America, you go, hey, don't touch that. Most of us are like, why? What, what, do, you, what, what do you mean? Don't, don't touch it. How come? Like, don't touch it too hard. I mean, and we, we are inquisitive. Yeah. And, and now there's somewhere there's somewhere in the middle there that I think might be a, right, a happier balance. medium. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but how do you, Chris, to follow up that idea, like how do you break the cycle generationally, uh, via, whether it be via gender or via race? They shot Martin too. You remember what Martin said? He said, I do not want my kids to be judged by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. The content of their character, yeah. and so when we start to look at character, which is a is a powerful, powerful mm -hmm. idea, we start to face pain. 
And in leadership, like, you know, as, as a couple, we, you know, Adrian mentioned it, both of us have said, you know, said it is not, you know, people watch the podcast, they see Instagram, Jesse does a good job of making us look like we got it together <laughs> all the time. You always need someone like that. Right. <laughs> Cheers to you. We all need that. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's messy. And I think part of the messiness is the resistance that, that, that just is consistently coming from forces that want to do what you're talking about, this tall poppy syndrome. And is that what you called it, tall poppy syndrome? That's what they call it in Australia. So, yeah. so the Papua New Guinea connection, the reason I brought that up with my dad is he's doing businesses missions there, looking to elevate people. They started like a, a literacy program yep. and a numeracy program. But the reason I bring it up is similar to what you're saying about Uganda, is that often people have like this white man savior complex. Like they think they need the white man or they think that they need, because they're, their lens is oh, all the people that run the companies and do things that are successful are white people and they, they think they automatically have m- money or, and they, they create these ideas of how much that is and all sorts of things. Um, so my dad and his wife Geraldine are, are all about trying to help shift people and so they're starting with like teaching them to read and write so that they're equipped with skills so that they can learn for themselves. They can learn for themselves and then they have an entrepreneurial training program for them as well. They actually have and so they want to help people export things because Papua New Guinea has so much natural resource, um, both in people and in natural resources, yet they give it all away to com- countries like China and Indonesia for lack of knowledge, lack of wisdom. Um, so that's why I was bringing that up. And I think it's the same thing in Uganda. Like people think they need something when often they, they don't. And it's mostly just a, a mindset thing. You're asking like, well, what do you do? Well, I think it's three things come to mind. One is, first of all, it's awareness. We don't know, like Brian Clemmer, who, who I heard Brian Clemmer speak in a church, um, and that led me to a couple of different conferences, which led me to meeting Camille. So if it wasn't for Brian Clemmer, I wouldn't be here, and we wouldn't be married. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> and Crystal Zelma, I mean, you're carrying on the legacy, so we'll send this to you. Brian's no longer with us. Thank you, Crystal, for all that you do. Yeah, you never know how long you've got. Brian died just like, anyway, um, <clears throat> ahead of his time. But he had a 500-year plan. Um, and he talked about, he has this great exercise where you, um, that you put on these big, massive glasses and that you don't know that you're wearing them, but you see the world through them. So everything you think is the color of those lenses. So I think it starts with awareness. We don't know the lenses that we have. So it, become, it starts off with being aware of those lenses, noticing them by our, by our feelings and our thoughts and our behaviors. So by looking at our feelings, thoughts, and behaviors, it gives us a clue to, to what we're, what we believe and what we think. Um, and then we can start to change those. And you might need the help of like a coach or a counselor or a good friend um, or a pastor or whatever. I think a lot of people are more disconnected these days and they'll say- like accountability system in general. Yeah, accountability. Whatever that looks like for- Whatever it looks season. like for you, yeah. Maybe all the above. Um, but then I think as well, I've seen a lot of people go to conferences and they get all hyped up. Um, and probably the thing that doesn't shift and change for people long-term is two things. One, if you don't take any actions as a result of going to something, then nothing. If nothing changes, then nothing changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but as well, sometimes people do start to change. They do start to think differently. But then, if the people in your world don't change, or at least the context with those people doesn't change, it's almost like those people in your world. If you imagine like a, a circle, like a, imagine like you're like the sun, and the people around you are the planets. Um, those people almost pull you back into orbit of how they remember you. Mm-hmm. And it's just like people going mm-hmm. to prison. If 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 you go back into your your world of crime, like chances are you're going to reoffend. But if you if, you, if your people changes, then then that changes things. So I think people, if you help shift the circle of your community of the people that you're in, or at least the context of those people that you relate with, and start to move some people further out and some further in that are going to support you in whatever mindset shift you want to make. Um, one of the easiest way to do that is go and serve. And go and help someone that you admire or that want to mentor you. I found this out by accident. I, I, <laughs> I wanted to. I saw some the the ministry that we met through. Um, I uh, I'm like, oh, they need an app, and so hey, I'll pay for your app. I'll help you get it started and everything. And that brought me into this relationship and this, um, for lack of a better word, more intimacy or like better connection and communication which I wasn't expecting or trying for. I was just looking to help, but I got pulled in by accident and got into all these conversations and, and things that were far beyond 
um, what I was hoping for or could imagine for. So I would encourage people to, hey, go serve the people that you want to be more with, like help them solve problems. Often people, often people in our generations are looking for a mentor. I mean, if you want a mentor, the best and quickest way is to go and think about what is easy and obvious to you that's not to them and go help them with it because that will bring you into their, their orbit. Um, the other two things I think of is often people don't, don't change their actions. So if you change your actions, and now what's the quickest way to change your actions? Go to lovetheprocess.com, join a One Mission Mindset Go group, and what are you going to do? You're going to shift your community because there's going to be people in there. You're going to start taking some basic actions. Um, and so like, I just want to... Uh, make sure you say Chris, Chris told us. Chris told us. <laughs> No, I just want to edify you guys because like yeah. you guys are doing stuff in, in Young Life and with your family and you guys are making an impact in Uganda. But through your Go groups, you're, you're impacting companies and individuals and professionals. But within that, people start to take actions mm. that shift both the way that they think and shifts their, their behaviors and their results. And this, this helps them shift. Plus, they're also shifting the people because in your Go group, you're encouraging people to, to edify and encourage the people that are close to them that are on their squad. But you're also helping them um, with the, the group that they're in who are all on a similar um, trajectory or track who are going a different direction. I think it's always easier to change in a cohort. You know what I mean? It's always mm-hmm. like when you go to university, like most of the value is the cohort. Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah. univers- you can learn everything in university online. You don't have to go right. to university. But as a friend of ours who lives with us for a few months, um, who was, anyway, long story short, he often says, like, um, people tell rich people, say, doesn't matter, I don't care what grades you get, go to X university and become friends with the Obamas. Like, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. so it's like, it's, you become like who you're around. Mm. Um, You know, in the Proverbs, it says, you know, be, beware of hanging around with angry people, lest you become like them. You you Mm. become... And if you hang with the wise, you'll become wise. Mm. Um, I so, think, yeah, I think that's like really important these days too, because you can follow whoever you want on social media yeah. and you can basically hang out with them all day long. And if they're <laughs> negative, so weird. Yeah. It's going into your mind. Yeah, it is. Yeah. What's their, what's the actual fruit of their life? What do they actually believe and who's their inputs <laughs> into their life? Like mm-hmm. that's what you don't get in social media. You don't know that. So, so, and I, man, this is gold. I, so, so go join yeah. a go group. That'll get, be the quickest way to shift. I got almost two, well, I, I, it, or the, reach, out, the reason, reach out to us and, and we'll the help reason, you Absolutely. And the reason why, uh, it's the awareness, right? I don't know what I don't know. I mean, I call that double dumb, right? Being double dumb is you don't know that you don't know. There's things you know, you know, there's things you know, you don't know, but then there's things you know, don't know that you don't know. And that's where so much opportunity lies. And so what you're talking about is becoming aware of something I didn't know that I didn't know. Mm. Then action, taking different actions to get different results. And then environment. This, and, and the reason, and, and this is, in mm. Africa, it's so new. It's such a new concept that we just launched, this idea of visionaries and mastermind. It's an old concept here. Dale Carnegie used to fill halls. You know, in the 20s and 30s, especially on the back end of the Great Depression, mm-hmm. you know, be out of necessity uh, of people who, who didn't have work and, and a lot of people unemployed and a lot of people trying to make a difference and a change in their lives and their family's trajectory because it was, it was a tough time for a lot of people. And mastermind concept was, was people in the same environment doing and trying to take the same actions consistently over time and they elevated their existence and it happens and vice versa there's reverse masterminds yeah there's 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 places where how many people have seen that with their kids and so it's not it's you know i think actually you know it's funny is i think mike tyson said this so i you gotta take this with a grain of salt he recently <laughs> said this this isn't the one about getting punched in the face you know you know everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face that's the one everybody listens to but he says it's not your enemies that you got to be leery of. Mm. It's your friends. Yeah. It's your friends. It's people who are your friends and people who are on your team mm-hmm. who you've got to be most attuned to them and their, what you talked about is their orbit. Are they leveling up mm-hmm. or are they settling back? Mm-hmm. Are they leveling up or are they settling back? And here's the, the challenge is leveling up always goes through times like you just described didn't quite solve it need to take it to god i don't have the answer what a beautiful place to be 
boom, here's the answer. I'm going to do it. He or You went to this conference on the same exact thing. What's next? That's what I wrote down. Mm-hmm. What's next? <laughs> I have a sign that has been in most offices. Now I have a shirt that I wear. But for years and years, I had a, a next in every office I occupied. There's one in, there is one in the Bothell office right now. And people go, what's next? And I go, exactly. That's where the power lies. Mm-hmm. And so regardless of the past, like this belief system that people don't, you know, they don't know until they know that it's possible to think that regardless of the past, the future is spotless. That at any moment I can make a, di- I can take a different action mm-hmm. and begin to achieve a different trajectory, which will attend Way quicker than we result. think. Right. It's often like, is it Bill Gates has said, like we, we, totally. we underestimate, we overestimate what we can do in a year or a month, but we underestimate what we can do in a, a year or five years. Um, so, so good. So true. And I, I guess the question is, is like Camille said earlier, like speaking to the king in me mm. and me doing the same for her. Like when we, we think about often shifting other people's orbit around us so that we can shift, but how are we showing it for people? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, am I speaking to the queen in her? Am I speaking to those people in my kids, in the people that work for us yeah. or in the teams that I've been a part of? Like, yeah. that's like the, often we can think about the people that we need to shift, but like, maybe do I just need to make the shift in me first for the people that I'm with? And then, and that changes them. Mm-hmm. And then that will change them, but also change Kimberly Zink, who, who works with Crystal Zelmer in, in Clement Associates talks about like, um, Two frequencies can't be in the same space. One's either going to rise lo- lower down to the other, or rise up to the other. So mm. if you if you hold your frequency, the the people that that you that you don't want their frequency in your world, they're either going to repel each other, or you're going to become like each other. Mm. So you have to either be aware: is my frequency becoming like theirs, or am I holding the line and I just sometimes need to get out of the space? Or Camille is very um, <laughs> em- empathic and feels like. She probably feels all sorts of things just even being here, but like we'll be somewhere and she'll be like, I can't stay here because of how it feels or there's, you know, people nearby us where it just makes me feel uncomfortable. I need to shift the space because she feels it. Um, and often she's, she's right way before I am. Yeah. Like she's right. And then later on, I'm like, oh yeah, you were right. I just, I just didn't know why because she felt it yeah. first. And sometimes it's for me, physical exercise. Like in myself, I need to go for a walk. I need to yeah. drink water. Me too. Yeah, well, movement uh, is I, I need one to... of the number one ways to shift anything. Yeah. I, you know, and... It's how I connect with my creators. I go for a walk. And sometimes, you know, the, the, the challenge for, for me and, and or anybody that you coach is it's in those moments where you're stuck. Like it's, it's like, and so training, it's a consistency of training and, and being in an environment where people press you to go do the thing that you don't want to do, that mm. will change your state, that will mm. change the way you're being, and that will give you a better chance forward, right? And, and that's what I notice. Um, and and, and it's, it can be lonely because most, most people want to be, most people don't want that change. Most people don't want the, to, uncomfortableness. the uncomfortableness. Most people, and, I, and I'm not talking about I guess to some degree, I think what we are talking about is, is some extraordinary type of leadership qualities, extraordinary meaning not common. Mm. And so when you're uncommon, more people than not don't appreciate the idea of the, of the frequency being here, consistently here, the bar. And so what we're seeing, uh, you know, in America especially is... We're lowering the bar. Is it's easier to lower the bar, and wherever you set the bar, you're going to meet it, or you're going to come close. Let's just watch that on Friday night. I was in the locker room after we won. It's just a great come from behind win. I talk about the Bothell Cougars on here frequently. <laughs> Coach Banner's coming in the off season on the podcast, but we took we, me 49 minutes though. We we <laughs> I, mean, I mean I'm behind. I think that's a record. <laughs> you're coming from behind. It might be. <laughs> And, and is it is it we win this game? We score thirty five unanswered points. Who knows what'll happen? Who knows what'll happen this week? Uh, we got 
play the toughest team in the state. It's going to be a very tough test for these kids. And if they're living on Friday night's win and not really dialing it in, uh, we're, in we're going to be in trouble. But if we're putting in the work and we're focused on what's next. But what he said after the game is, you know, it's hard to teach right now. It's hard to teach yeah. right now. He goes, I'm just going to be honest. Because we're lowering the bar. We're lowering the bar for kids. And, and what's great about competition and, and things with clear scoreboards is if, you, if you've kept the bar where it is and, you've, you've, you've exper- and you actually have to go through pain. It's painful to hold the bar. The frequency to hold it there, it, it takes pain and it's exhausting and tiring. Yeah, but if you do that, then you can see a kid achieve something through that stress that he went through to prepare through the week, prepare through the offseason, prepare through the lifts, prepare through everything that comes before the competition. We had Benny Fowler on here three weeks ago, and Benny, um, he won Super Bowl 50, and he caught Peyton Manning's last pass. Yeah, it was a and, good, good episode. If you haven't listened to it, you should you know, maybe hit pause and go listen to that. No, <laughs> no, 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 wait till you finish this one. <laughs> But what Benny did, what I loved about what Benny said, and I think is, is what you guys do so well in these three categories, because clarity, strategy, and communication. Mm-hmm. So cadence of communication, clarity, and a strategy forward. Those three things are fundamentally like a three-legged stool. If you, if you have clarity and a strategy, but you don't communicate, you're going to lose. Yeah. Unless it's not a very big goal, because you can do it by yourself. Yeah. Okay? You can have clarity and strategy. And, and do something by yourself in the interim, in the short run. But it won't be significant. Right. So, so communication, you're going to need a team. So you're yeah. going to need to communicate. And you're going to need strategy and clarity. But what Benny said that I loved was he said, on April 20th, when we started OTAs, that's when we, that's when we won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. We, it may have manifested itself on February whatever, yeah. 7th. Yeah. But on April 20th, the level of clarity and focus that we had as a team and the love level, oftentimes with communication, I think your point, it's just, what's the level of love? Mm. So, love that. So good. What do you got, Adrian? <laughs> people people comment often, like we get emails, and you can email Brooklyn, by the way, brooklyn at lovetheprocess.com. She will get right back to you via email. And Jeff, Jeff's good too, he was running the go group. Jeff at lovetheprocess.com. He's, uh, he's on it, he's on it, he's got a great story. He is on it. <laughs> okay this is, I mean this has been awesome we very much appreciate your time um, I always ask one question at the end and it is <laughs> if you could if, you're, if our audience could hear one thing from you and know one thing when they left listening what would it be you first okay you can only tell them one thing like I get one word no 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 or it one, can be as long concept. as you want it to one be one concept okay one concept you um, want to make sure they know. Okay. I would... Make them aware. Awareness for the thing. <laughs> okay. You guys are like getting me everywhere now. <laughs> hey guys, here's your one thing. Um, you are created with a unique and genuine purpose, and you are also created to be free. And if you don't feel free right now, then there are people around you or that you need to go find to help you get free so you can do whatever you were created to do on this earth. And we need you to do it. Like we really, really need you all to figure out your own one thing it is that you're created to do. Oh, that's right here. Gosh. How can, <laughs> how, can they, how can they reach you? <laughs> I mean, because that's the next call to action, right? So you just made them aware that they're unique and generous, purposeful, created to be free. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and so... CamillePatterson.com. Patterson with one T. Yeah. Or Camille at CamillePatterson.com. C-A-M. I-L-L-E. Mm-hmm. At CamillePatterson.com. We'll put it in our show notes. We will. Awesome. I think that hit a lot of people right there. <laughs> hit me. Because I need it. Yeah. Don't we all? Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say it. I mean, Go you ahead. told me one say thing. It. Um, say it. We're going to be honest, we're all broken, right? So I was in a coaching, a coaching, I was in a counseling session. I leave work on Thursday and I go straight to a counseling session, which helps me kind of like leave all the stuff there because it's really messy at work. And mm-hmm. um, I was in a counseling session and working through some past stuff and we did this exercise um, 
of releasing some inner things that were holding me back. And the one thing that I took from it was, um, I don't know what you guys believe and we're all different spaces, but for me, I believe in Jesus and the Holy Spirit speaks to me. And he said, I, I created you to help people get free, but you have to be free first. And I've held on to that the last two weeks. Cause I'm like, how can I get free the fastest? Not in like a, I'm trying to work it out way. Just I'm going to rest in that, but I'm going to think about that, you know? And then areas that I'm not free are frequently coming up. Mm. But it's just like, how do you get free? Because if I'm not free, I can't help you get free. Mm. So, mm. That's what I was thinking. That's really good. That is good. I have three thoughts. The third one is the answer to your question. The first one will tie the bow on something that we talked about earlier. Um, you're talking about citizens. Like, ask not what you can do for... Ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. I became a citizen um, March 2020. Bit of a bait and switch. Actually, it was February 2020. I, I became a citizen of America, land of free, home of the brave, and then America is a different place now. Um, I chose to become a citizen in 2019. Now, I <laughs> that was six years into being here. I had no reason to. I have an Australian and French passport, you know, great countries. Um, don't need to become an American. Um, but I'm reading this, this chapter called Jeremiah 29. Most people know verse 11. You should read the whole chapter because it talks about seeking the peace of the city that you sit in and that you live in. Um, it says, get married, have children, plant vineyards, build houses, give your children in marriage. And I just felt like the creator said to me, Chris, become a citizen. Mm. So I did. In the process, um, you got to love the process, by the way. Um, <clears throat> Amen. Um, in the process, you get a booklet that talks about, you know, America and becoming a citizen and it talks about your rights and responsibilities there's been a movement of people knowing their rights mm. people are very aware of their rights but very few people know about their responsibilities you could ask anyone on the street and I think they would be able to quote you their rights mm. but those same people I would say less than three and a hundred could probably tell you their responsibilities as a citizen mm. and lots of people complain about politicians but few people um, act on it. I mean, a lot of people don't even vote. In Australia, if you don't vote, you get fined. Um, <laughs> here, I mean, it's, you know, anyway, so people, so go, go vote. Um, don't complain if you don't vote. Um, but there's these responsibilities about being involved in the democratic process, being involved in knowing your community. There's these responsibilities that we have. Without our responsibilities, we don't have rights. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. I mean, with for people that have children, you know, we give our children responsibilities and as we see that they're trustworthy with those responsibilities, we give them more rights. When they don't, when they're not responsible, we take away those rights. So like my, our son found this amazing sword in the forest on one of our forest walks. <laughs> foam sword. It's a foam sword. It's a Nerf one. It's, um, and if he isn't responsible with that, it goes away. Same thing with other, other things. So back to your point, like take responsibility. Um, the second thing, which was actually the first thing in my mind was, mm. um, Join a, join a go group. Um, I have like all these goals. I was telling my, I was showing my wife this. She's like, these are good goals. I'm coming skiing. This, this came and, and Jeff, <laughs> uh, sorry, John. I and thought Jeff. you were watching my kids so I could go skiing. <laughs> I'll we, do that. We can, we can do that too. We'll do it. We'll John and Jeff, like my they want to come skiing. Um, yeah. You know, I would, some of the, one of the key things that I, I saw people doing this before I joined the go group, but it really cemented for me is like the things that I'm grateful for are my most important tasks. Mm. Um, that's been a real game changer as a result of, of the process. What did you write today? What did you write today? Today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the gratitude? Yeah. I wrote my Xander's, my, our son Xander, he, he's, he had his birthday party yesterday. Yeah. Um, and, and all his friends. I wrote my daughter Esther's health, because uh, I, um, well, yeah, she took a little bit of a tumble. Um, and then we went to this Vision Possible uh, workshop with uh, Butch and Julianne Hartman, and just the clarity coming out of that. That's, that's what I write down that I'm grateful for. Yours is way better than mine. <laughs> it was a big weekend. That's so. awesome. <laughs> Like that. I started with Monday Fun Day. Oh, hey. good. Monday Fun Day. You know, I have themes for pretty much every day. Uh, Monday Fun Day. Power of choice. Sometimes it's Money Monday. Money Monday. Money Kid, Monday. Yep. Kids Money go to Money Monday. Monday. <laughs> yep, yep. Power of choice. Yeah, and it's ability to be useful. Um, I think it, the, I, I overlook so often, um, take for granted, I think, from time to time, how um, grateful I am. Because to your point on being of service, the ability to be useful, the ability to 
see needs and and work towards filling them and certainly not perfectly and not all the time but I, it's just I'm really grateful for that that ability um, it, it gives life to our kids it gives life to our family it gives life to our team it gives life to the things in our orbit as you talked about so anyway mm -hmm. okay number three so go group one mission mindset yes love the process.com we, we have a number of them coming up um no, it's been it's been super valuable. I, I'm, I'm really it's actually been really life giving and clarifying for me. So it's perfect timing. Thanks for including me. Um, That's awesome. So the final thing is we're at, we've both found purpose. Um, you have a gift. You were created with that gift before the world bef before you were even thought of. You know, the creator, the designer knew you, they formed you, they thought a lot about you, they wrote all the things you were going to do in a book, um, and they gave you a gift. Mm, my dad said to me, and, I, and Miles Monroe said, don't go and do the thing that you think is going to make you the most money. Go, doing the thing, go and do the thing that you are passionate about, that you love. You have a gift, and that's what you're meant to be doing. You know that thing that you're going to do after you've made it? or after you're financially free or independent, or that you're gonna do after you've made it in this career, that is your gift. You know the thing that frustrates you, that pisses you off, that makes your blood boil? That's probably a clue to your gift. You have a gift. It's probably the thing you've dreamed about since you were a child. The thing that you maybe have a lot of fear around that you're like, I wanna do that someday, one day, but you have fear around it and it's holding you back. You don't know how long you have and you don't know when the lights are gonna go out. I know people this year, last year, over the last five years, where their lights went out way before they thought. You have a gift. Stop, pause, slow down. Think about what that gift is. Think about the thing. What's the thing that you do for free in your spare time or that you would do no matter what? For me, as I look back over 20 years of corporate career, I would linger in the conversations where I would help people identify and align with their purpose, business, life, and so on. And, and I would, that's the, that was my favorite thing. I've, I got a vision to help a thousand people be innovators, entrepreneurs, leaders, and disciples in 2016. And I, was, I, I just made lots of excuses. I would say I'm having kids. We have five, sorry, three kids in in we four have years. Three kids. Mm. Have, that's it. Right now. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm prophetic, but um, so we have three kids. We had them really quickly. In the know, middle, you landed in the middle. Four. Split the difference. Um, we 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 got houses and different things. And I almost said, "How can I help these thousand people?" Like I've got too many other things. Maybe you're making excuses like that too. And it's only because my position got eliminated on July one this year that I actually started doing what I meant to do. And as a result of that, I get to be in people's space and, and realign um, with them and, um, and reposition. And there's a gift you've been given. You may need to stir it up. You may not quit your job today, um, but you can stir it up. There is one thing that you could, there's like one baby step you could probably take on your gift right now, today, or this week that you could probably do without failing. Go do that thing. Go get with the people that can help you stir up your gift. There's a gift that you have and you are meant to grow in that gift. So I guess the takeaway would be clarify your gift, start taking action on your gift, get around people and build community and structure around people that can help you grow in and sharpen your gift because the world doesn't Miles Monroe, my dad said, don't go and do the thing that will make you money. Go do the thing that you're passionate about and you love because in the end, you actually will make more money. I had a client this week who was in an industry. They wanted me to help them 10x their, their revenue and their volume. And I'm like, okay, cool. I have all these ideas for it. But I come in with an open hand. By the end of that first session, it became very clear that they had no passion for only were doing this thing because it was going to help them get to the next thing. And, and it became clear that the thing holding them back was fear around them transitioning to a different industry. Um, but that's what, when their, their whole physiology changed. Mm. Smile, joy, confidence, purpose. Um, even as you look at like their life, like both their, how they spend their time and how they spend their money, they research hours. They don't research anything on their, their current industry. They help people do it. They, they, they kind of help people do it because that's how they make money in their current industry. But other, other than that, they don't spend any time on it. 
Um, mm. So what's that thing? Yeah. Okay. Let's I'll, go. I'll, I'll stop. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's how do, awesome. How do they reach you, Chris? Chris at ChristopherPatterson.com with one, one T. One T. Or just go to ChristopherPatterson.com. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, we have a we have a gift for, for anyone that's listening um, where we'll, we'll give them a, a free or a complimentary like alignment strategic session or like a, a short mini course on, on, on how to create that alignment. What's uh, fun just is... Just because they know you and we want to add value to them. Thank you so much. You know what's fun is is if our, our, our viewers can see Jesse's right behind the camera. <laughs> and I watched as Chris is talking about that, her kind of light up, you know, a little bit. And I, I, just, I just thank you for the space that we're in. Like all of us are, um, certainly the listeners, but I feel... Um, I mean, I've taken... More notes than I have in the, one of in any recent podcast, like two pages. I mean, sometimes I get half a page, and I'm just grateful for you guys coming, being a part of our podcast. I, I'm convinced that um, there's more for us to do, mm-hmm. um, and in the in the alignment and clarity of of helping people um, fulfill their potential. Mm-hmm. So, um, awesome. in any way we can we can serve you guys in that way. We gotta get our seven kids together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna world changers. We'll get the world changers together. Yeah. Might be a great name for kids. I think there's a huge, huge need for you know during the COVID. Um, I did like a leadership with our kids, and I know you're raising the young leaders too. And our daughter, Olive, she met a banker because she wants to start a bank. She's six. That's awesome. So she, she met with a banker on Saturday. So yeah. she had her first business meeting on Saturday. Yeah. She had four questions prepared, yeah. ready. Her and she Zen made need him to get a coffee, together. and then she made. Well, she, she wants to build her team. She knows she needs. She knows she needs to get education. She needs to build her team, and she's start saving. Start saving. It's good. Good advice. Sounds good. Very so fun. we'll do well, that. Thank you I'm so going much. skiing. I'm excited. All right, here we go. I go at least once a year. He's gonna go forty times. I'm gonna go once or twice. <laughs> I received it. <laughs> I said twelve, but I'll take forty. Let's go. Thanks for being with us. Oh, don't forget to like and subscribe and push the little bell to remind you to watch on YouTube. Jesse's back there please calling. Give yes. us, <laughs> please leave us a review. Any review. It doesn't have to be five stars. We love the five star ones. But whatever you feel, one through five. There's yeah. five, keep, right? Keep it real. Give us feedback. Let us know what you give think. Like, subscribe, share. Thanks for being here. We appreciate you. Have a great week. Bye. Cheers. Let's go.